We are, as I said to the children, one week away from beginning the period of our church liturgical season known as Triodion. Triodion is a special time, and we're going to say, of course, more on that next week when we're going to be actually entering. But as a precursor, this is, my dear brothers and sisters, the time when more than goodness, more than 10 weeks are preceding Pascha and about seven or so are after. So I mean, we have a time in the year now where the epicenter will begin leaving the feast of the birth of Christ and now shifting to his death and resurrection. So this is coming beginning next week. And the last kind of Sunday before we enter the Triodion is the gospel of the so-called Hananea, the Canaanite woman. Try spelling that in Greek. And it's a beautiful passage, and it's actually a very difficult passage to look at because we are faced with some difficulties, which you will see. For those of you who have your worship guide, you can look at the gospel reading. For those who don't, you'll allow me to recount the story. Jesus was going <clears throat> by the district of Tyre and Sidon, and these were places that were not occupied or populated by the so-called chosen ones, the Jews of the time who were the chosen people of God. And he's kind of passing through that region, and a Canaanite woman comes out to him and says... Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed by a demon. I remember speaking to someone in this church in which they said, my brother was sick with a terminal sickness. I prayed and prayed, but no answer. Any decent person would have answered that prayer. Why should my brother die? My brother died, Father, and I don't believe in God anymore because he didn't answer my prayers. And here you have the Canaanite woman saying, Lord, have mercy on me, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed by a demon. I mean, just from that alone, she identifies him as Lord, Kyrie, and she recognizes that he's the son of David, something that a Canaanite probably would not have been so fond to have recognized. But it's interesting what Jesus responds to her. Do you all remember? Nothing. Nothing. She calls out, begging for God to have Christ to have mercy on her. And Jesus, it says here in the gospel, but he, Jesus, did not answer her a word. And his disciples take it to another level. And they say, send her away. She is crying after us. Enough of her. And Jesus then says, I was sent only to the law sheep of the house of Israel. And then the woman comes, the Canaanite, kneeling and saying, Lord, help me. And he answered her now, it's not fair to throw the food to take the children's bread and throw it to the little puppies. He doesn't even acknowledge her as a human being. Paul calls her a puppy. 
kinaris. In the translation, it says dogs. That's an incorrect translation. It's the small little dog. It's the puppy, for lack of a better term. And she says, she comes back at the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yet, even the dogs, the puppies, eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And he, Jesus, steps back and says, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was immediately healed. Where do we begin? What shall we do when God appears to be deaf to our prayers? All of us have experienced deep pain in our lives where we're reeling, we're bleeding, we're falling. We don't know who to grab onto or what to grab onto. And in those moments, <clears throat> we turn to God and we call out to God, Lord, help me. My brother's dying. My sister is ill. My child is not well mentally, physically. Help me. And there's no answer. It's a difficult place to be. I have certainly been there. Hopeless. And it's often that when we're at that moment of our wit's end, that we turn to God. Like this woman was a stranger to Jesus. Jesus didn't know her. Some strange woman calling out. I don't know her. And in her wit's end, at her final desperate call for help, please, Lord, help me. And we tend to do the same when we get hit with a sickness or a problem in our families, in our marriages, with our kids, in our community. Then we remember God and turn to Him. And are we not similarly strangers to God, coming only when we need Him, getting around to prayer only as a last resort. Let me pray a little now. Maybe something will happen, as though God is some kind of vending machine that I prayed, Lord, how come you didn't answer? Have we ever actually listened to God by reading his word? Have we ever praised God and thanked him for the life he's given us the fact that we woke up this morning, the fact that we have the spouses and the kids that we have, the community that we have. At our wit's end, we forget all that. And we have examples from the New Testament. We have examples from the lives of saints, prayers that have gone unanswered. I go to church every Sunday, Lord, I paid my stewardship. I gave to the expansion project a lot of money. How come my prayers are not heard? The vending machine. Because, friends, <clears throat> thank God that he doesn't hear our prayers. 
Imagine a world where everyone's prayers were heard. <clears throat> Not to make you laugh, I want the Giants to win, you want the Jets. Who's going to win if both of our prayers are answered? Because God's will is not our will. And there's something here to be said in the story. The world would be a mess if God heard everyone's prayer, answered everyone's prayer. He hears every prayer. He doesn't answer every prayer the way we want it. <clears throat> But we see that in this story, the woman has a characteristic that's beautiful in her prayer in her desire to be seen and heard by God, what does she do? She persists. She doesn't give up. She persists in her prayer. She says, help me, son of David, my daughter's possessed. Lord, help me. Lord, even the puppies will eat the crumbs that fall. And it's the sincerity, sincerity of our prayer becomes manifested in our persistence in prayer. We think, vending machine, I have a problem, I prayed, it didn't answer, I'm up, I'm, I'm done with God, I give up. He didn't answer me. How persistent are we? Remember what we said a couple weeks ago, showing up, keep showing up, keep coming here. Keep persisting with God and saying, Lord, help me. And it's this kind of clear-eyed humility when we come to God with humbleness. She was called a puppy. She was a Canaanite. Her disciples, his disciples are telling her, get her out of here. Humiliated. But she persisted. And here comes, I think, the answer to why God doesn't answer our prayers. I don't know, but I have a guess that I will leave with you today so we can all think about this. <clears throat> The first thing I think about is St. Paul. St. Paul says, there was a thorn put in my flesh We have no idea what he was referring to. Some people say that in his old age he had problems with his eyesight and he was unable to write and read. We know that because he has in one of his epistles a young man who's named, he says, in Proclors who is writing for me this epistle because maybe that was the thorn. We think that maybe he had shingles because he talks about a thorn in the flesh, the body hurting. We don't know. We don't know if it was all of the false apostles, the fakes and phonies. He would preach to the Corinthians, another clown would show up and discard and dismiss and erase everything Paul did. And he says, I asked God three times, take this thorn from me. I can't do it anymore with this thorn. And Christ said to him, my grace is sufficient. And he said, my strength is made manifest in your weakness. Christ, kneeling in the garden, says, Lord, take this cup from me. It's bitter. I don't want to die and be crucified. And what happens? 
He gets crucified. What's the message here, friends? That had not Christ been crucified, we would not be saved. Death would not have been destroyed. What am I saying? Sometimes God will not answer our prayers because there's a greater good that he sees beyond what we're suffering through. And sometimes, and I want to commend the Espresso Your Faith team, I have to confess publicly that as a priest, you are not maybe learning from me, but boy, do I learn so much from all of you. Yesterday at the Espresso, there was a conversation about innocent death and abortion, why that child must die, or a murder. How come somebody's murdered? It wasn't their fault. <clears throat> and we said, one of the gentlemen there said the following. I don't know if he's here today in church. Maybe he is. He said, maybe the whole purpose of that person's life was to be killed. Maybe that's why God brought him onto this earth, simply to be murdered. Why? Because from his murder, the person who murders him's life will forever be changed. And anyone who hears about that murder, the unjust act, will be impacted and changed. And so in this infinite wisdom, not that I pray any of us are hurt or injured, but in God's infinite wisdom, there might be something beyond the cross, beyond the pain, beyond the suffering that he sees that will manifest God's power. All of us have met people with terminal sicknesses that had such an attitude of perseverance and megalocardia a big heart. May we hopefully see and hear in the Canaanite woman's voice this call to God for help, knowing that God's will may be sometimes that our prayers are not answered because God is seeing beyond the immediate need and want that we have. Something greater which will impact far more people than we could ever imagine. God bless us.